You're listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 70. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. Before we dive into today's podcast, I have something to share with you. If you want to take what you are learning in these podcast episodes and actually apply it in your own pet business, to not just listen to these segments, but actually have your hand held through the process of taking your business to the next level, you'll want to check out the Catapult Anytime Access Pet Business Program. It's a four-week online program that you can attend whenever you like and wherever you are at in the world. The Catapult program will help you find and hire great people, provide inexpensive and free marketing ideas that will help you get your ideal clients, and support you to remove the blocks that are standing in the way of you taking your pet business to the next level. And that is just the beginning of what Catapult's about. It comes with a 90-page Catapult guidebook, interactive class recordings, and a private Facebook group to support you in your next level journey. To find out more and read testimonials about what past Catapult graduates have experienced from attending the program, visit sfpbacademy.com forward slash catapult. That's Six Figure Pet Business Academy, sfpbacademy.com forward slash catapult. And now for this week's podcast episode. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you're doing well. I have been sheltering in place now for almost six weeks at the time of this recording of the podcast. And it has been a mix of things, as you are probably experiencing as well if you're sheltering in place, which most people around the world are at this point. It's been challenging. It's been challenging to be with my husband 24 <laughs> 7. Parts of it have been challenging. Parts of it have been incredibly sweet. I would say most of it has been incredibly sweet. It was very challenging at the beginning because I'm used to working from home alone during the day. He goes off to work and he's been working from home every day. You know, he doesn't go off to his office anymore. So, In the beginning, that was hard. That was hard, hard. And it has been really sweet in the way that it's brought us even closer together. We've been very close since the moment we met. We just really had a a beautiful connection. And so being with him and being with him all the time (laughs) has been really, really sweet. And I'm grateful for this time with him. Not that it still isn't without its challenges. It definitely is. And those of you that are, you know, with your kids or your partner 
24-7 and you're not used to doing that, you understand what I'm saying. And also for those of you that are living alone, you know, that brings its own set of challenges. You know, we're all challenged in whatever way we are dealing with this, regardless of our circumstances. So wherever you're at, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I am sending you a very big hug from across the airwaves right now. I hope you can feel it. I'm just thinking about you. I'm hugging you. And I just want you to know that if you're feeling alone, you're not alone. So I hope that you are feeling connected in whatever way that you can feel connected, that you have friends and family that you can reach out to if you need them. There's always social media, although that can be challenging as well, right? So anyway, I just wanted to say hello and pop in. I am releasing a podcast episode today that is an interview that a French-Canadian podcaster did. He interviewed me a few weeks ago, and he very generously has allowed me to play that interview on my podcast here. I'm going to include a link to his podcast in the show notes. You can find those at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 70. And speaking of show notes, I would love it if you want to write down in the show notes, in the comments in the show notes, what you're experiencing right now, you know, where you're at in the world, what you're going through, if you're, you know, sheltering in place with someone, if you're feeling alone, just, I really encourage you to reach out. And if you don't feel comfortable writing a comment on the show notes, you can email me directly. I would love to know what's going on with you. You can email me at admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. Again, that's admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. So I will see you on the other side of this interview, and I invite you to sit back and relax and enjoy this interview. See you on the other side. Today, we are having a conversation with Christine Morrison. Now, Christine used to be a dog walker and she retired with over $1 million. One day, while going to college, she was just walking down the park when she saw that there was a woman walking dogs. Christine approached her and they engaged into a conversation and a few minutes later, the woman offered Christine a job. Christine didn't hesitate twice, and she took it only to open her own business three months later. Now, after opening her business, Christine ran it for about 18 years, of course, with all the ups and downs of being a business owner, until she finally sold her business. Now, today, Christine runs another kind of business. It's called the Six Figure Pet Business Academy, where she teaches pet business owners how to better run their business. This is an intriguing conversation. Now, let's listen to it. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Christine, I 
find out about you because I was reading this magazine called Market Watch. And then I saw this title. It goes like this. 50-year-old dog walker retired after making more than $1 million working just three days a week. And of course, they are great doing titles like this that catch people's attention. And it caught mine. So I wrote you a message and you answered it. So I'm so grateful that you are here. Me too. I'm so glad that you reached out and I'm happy to be on your podcast today. Okay. So my first question is, who were you or what did you study or who was Christine before you became a professional dog walker? (laughs) That's a great question. So I was someone who was very confused about what I was going to do with my life and my work, especially. I was in taking college classes, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And nothing was really making sense to me in terms of what I would do for my livelihood. The closest thing was journalism. That was really something that I was interested in. I've always been interested in writing and animals. And thankfully, I've now been able to combine the two. But then I wasn't doing any of that. And so I was really searching for what I wanted to do and not really finding it. Journalism felt close, but not quite it. I really didn't want to be in an office somewhere. I really knew that I wanted a sense of freedom in terms of my work. And so I experienced a lot of sleepless nights trying to figure it out. I would wake up sometimes at three in the morning feeling really afraid that perhaps I would never figure it out. It's funny because I had an Uber driver a couple weeks ago that this, this woman in her 30s and we started talking about career and she you know, when I shared that with her, she said, I feel that I'm afraid I'm going to be an Uber driver for the rest of my life. And I said, I get it. I understand. So I ended up, you know, really letting it go. I realized I couldn't figure it out. My brain wanted to figure it out, but it wasn't. And so I ended up letting it go, kind of shelving that and just exploring things that I enjoyed And one day I met a woman who was walking dogs professionally. I didn't even know that there was such thing as a professional dog walker at that point. It was 1995. And within literally 30 seconds of meeting her, she asked if I would want to work for her. And I said, yes, absolutely. And so I met her for an interview a couple days later and she hired me. And I really realized this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I ended up three months later starting my own business. And why did she ask you that? I I mean, did you show? You know, yeah. Um, So I passed her on a path. It was a walking path. And she was walking two big golden retrievers. And she walked by me. and And I turned around because I saw she had a shirt that had a a business name on it and then a phone number. And I thought in that split second, I thought, does she have a dog walking business? And so I turned around and I just said to her back, you know, she was walking away. I said, do you have a dog walking business? She said, yeah. Do you want to work for me? No way. Really? She didn't say, do you have dogs that I can take care of? She just, she knew, she knew that you were looking for a job. She felt it. 
I guess, I mean, you know, I was really intrigued. I think she could really hear my curiosity. And, you know, years before, maybe five years before, I had written in my journal, I've always done a lot of journal writing, but I had written in my journal saying, I wish I could get paid to walk a dog. And at that point when I wrote it, it seemed so far-fetched. I mean, there were not, there was not anything like a professional dog walker. You know, you if you were going to have somebody walk your dog, it was usually a neighborhood kid, you know, who would do it for a dollar or something, you know. To, to think that you could make a career out of it was pretty ludicrous. But that was a vision of mine many years before that. But I let it go. I kind of even forgot that I had had that desire. So, yeah, I ended up working for her for three months. And I just realized, wow, this is what I am supposed to be doing. Okay, okay. And you had the vision. Okay, you are a person who you study journalism, you are confused about your life, someone offered you this random job that you do for yes. three months, and yes. then you decide that you want to open a business doing the same thing. Why not just continue being an employee if that was so nice? Did you have some kind of entrepreneurial spirit in you? I did. You know, and I didn't know that that was in me. I had no idea. I remember thinking about business owners and thinking, oh, I would never want to be a business owner. It sounded very serious to me. The whole idea around business, having a business sound very serious, dry, boring. But when I was doing it for her, I felt like this is a business that I could actually get excited about. And when I thought about owning my own business, I was filled with such joy, you know, and that is such a, I think a wink from the universe of, you know, you're on the right path. If when you think about something, you just feel this effervescent joy, you know, it hasn't happened too often in my life, but when it does, I pay attention. And that was one of the moments for me where I went, okay, I'm at least going to try it. And I thought it might not work. I might actually really be a terrible business owner. I had never studied business, didn't even know what the heck I was doing. But I thought I'm at least going to try. And I can always go back to working for her. You know, she really enjoyed working with me. And she was very upset and sad when I stopped working for her. But she also understood, you know, that this was something that I couldn't say no to, I really needed to at least explore it within myself. Okay, so, you know, I have many friends, many of my friends, they know that I have this podcast, they know that I interview other entrepreneurs, and they tell me sometimes for years about the business that one day they will create. And yet you, in experience, within three months of training, you had the courage to start your own business. Can you Tell us a little bit about how you build that courage, how, how you were not afraid of failing, or even if you were afraid, how you had enough to start anyways. Yeah, so I started very small, which I think was helpful for me. It wasn't like I was currently working. In fact, I was working at a regular job, and then I ended up becoming a waitress just to sort of supplement, you know, my business that, you know, in a way that would be very flexible and easy. And so I started off with four 
waitressing shifts, you know, and then, and that kind of kept me afloat in terms of the finances while I was starting my business. And it allowed me to really slowly but surely as my business grew, let more and more days go until eventually after a year of having my business, I only had one day that I was working at the restaurant. And I have to say, when I let that one day go, that was maybe about two years into my business. I had I had a lot of fear around letting that one waitressing shift a week go because to me it was like a lifeline of stability. You know, when you have a business, you don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, you can plan for great success and you can actively market and, you know, all the things that I was doing, but it's not a guarantee that you're going to actually make a living. And so I remember I was very busy in my business and I felt like I really need to let that one day go in the, in the restaurant. And I was so scared. So that was my version of, you know, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. For a lot of people, it'll be letting their full-time job go, you know, and I recommend that you don't let your full-time job go unless and until your business can support you because it puts so much pressure on your business right away. It's like, it's like looking at a baby and asking them to take care of you. you know? yeah. It's not possible. But when your business has a strong foundation, then it's able to really support you. And so when I'm coaching pet business owners who both have a business and are working full time, I will recommend to them that they begin to really create a savings, a large savings account so that they can take that leap and feel confident. You know, it's they're also going to feel fear, most likely in letting their regular job go. Most people do. But if they have that savings account, you know, or they've taken their full time job to part time then they can actually step away and feel more confident around doing that. Okay. Um, I live in Montreal in uh, what I consider to be a trendy neighborhood. And in my neighborhood, there are several dog walkers. I see them all the time. They say hello to me. I say hello to them. And I have spoken to them more than once. And what I have found out is that they have grown their business just big enough so they can live and do the other artistic or whatever activities that they do. So they only take enough clients or enough dogs so that they can survive. And that's it. But you, you took your business and you decided to grow your business. So for you, it was not just enough to be able to pay your rent and your food. You, you decided to make it a real profession. Can you take us through that decision-making process? Yeah. So part of it was a need because I was getting so many clients and it was either saying no to a lot of clients, which is pretty painful when you have spent a lot of time and energy and money building up the business and trying to grow it. You know, ideally as a business owner, you want to be able to say yes to the business that's coming your way. At least I did. And so, but I was only one person. And so it was either I was at a crossroads because I had to either start saying no, which I could have done, 
or I could begin to hire people. And, you know, to me, the easier route (laughs) was actually the thought of hiring. It didn't turn out to be the easier route. Hiring people was very challenging for me, especially in the beginning, because I had never hired before, sort of like owning a business. I'd never hired anybody. I had never even managed anyone in any of the jobs that I had had. I had always had a boss, never been a boss. I had always had managers, never been a manager. So I had to really learn a skill set, which is very different from running a business. You know, managing and being a good boss is very different. And it didn't come naturally to me because I hadn't had that experience, I think. But in the end, and even, you know, I would say like a quarter of the time into my business, I had it for 18 years, um, hiring people, I really realized this is the way to go for me. And I was so glad I did it because what happened was it gave me more freedom to have time to really grow my business and do the tasks that I really enjoyed rather than having to do all the grunt work, you know? So, and also there's something really powerful about when you are a business owner and you have great people working with you that you can then have more vision. You can see onto the horizon because you're not constantly putting out fires. You know, when I'm coaching people and they're in this situation of like, should I hire? What should I do? I talk about it like your business is a ship. And, you know, when you are doing all of the tasks, it's like you're in the belly of the ship and you can't see. Whereas when you have people working with you and doing especially the tasks that you don't enjoy, then you can be the captain and really get a sense of, you know, the horizon and where you want to take that ship. So it's very empowering. And Also, the ability to make money is so much greater. You know, there was only so much I could make as, uh, you know, just me. (laughs) But to have, when I sold my business, I had 35 staff members and four managers. And so, you know, we were able to say yes to almost every single person who was in our service area that we call and ask for help. And it's a really wonderful place to be as a business owner it doesn't mean it's not challenging but lots of gifts come from things that are challenging okay so um, you know i have friends or i know people who hate their job who are looking for other solutions and more than once I have said to one of these persons, hey, you know, you can start a side business. And I'm on the side business. I have mentioned uh, walk dogs because there's my friend here who walks dogs and he just works, I don't know, two hours per day and he gets to live out of that. So I have suggested that more than once. And it seems that if you are college educated, that if you have a degree in philosophy or English or art history, it is somehow beyond you to to work or make a living walking a dog. 
So uh, how do you reconcile that, that because we have a college education and we have gone to school for four years, we are just too good to walk a dog? Oh, you know, I love that you're bringing up this, this point. And it's interesting. I've been interviewed a number of times and nobody has brought that up. And I love that you did because I think it is in the background of, you know, anyone who's thinking about it. It's like, is this a task below me or a business, you know, is it below me, especially if I have a college education? And the thing is, I'm just thinking about the number of people that I have coached, people that have PhDs, people that have, you know, masters in business, people that have had really high positions as executives who are now walking dogs because they love it. So, you know, I think if you go into something feeling like it's below you, then that energy is probably going to stop you from creating a successful business. You know, it's one thing to kind of have it flicker through your mind of like, oh God, you know, I can't believe I went to school for whatever it was and here I am walking dogs. But if, if you're constantly thinking about that, then it's not quite the right fit for you because you're going to have that kind of energy that you're going to bring to it of feeling a little embarrassed, you know, like it's below you. You're also perhaps going to resent the animals that you're caring for. Like, oh, I'm just walking dogs. You know, when I think about dogs, I think they are some of the greatest teachers that we could ever hope to be in the presence of. They are, you know, everybody talks about the unconditional love. Absolutely. I mean, they, they are teachers of love. And they're also, many of them have great senses of humor. You know, we can learn a lot through their ability to to work and play, like their work-life balance. You know, when I think about the whole phrase of working like a dog, actually dogs, even if you think about sheep dogs who are herding sheep, they herd and then they like rest. They herd and then they rest. You know, when if, if somebody says you're working like a dog, that's actually a compliment because they do know how to create that work-life balance that can be very elusive for us humans. So I just think there's so much we can learn from, that's just dogs, you know. There's also cats who can teach us how to meditate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> their, their whole lives are like a living meditation, you know. Zen, Zen Buddha masters, they're just really incredible. And, you know, any kind of creature, I think, has the ability to be a great teacher. And in addition to that, my experience has been that business has been one of my greatest teachers. It has brought me some of the greatest joy and happiness, and it has brought me to my knees in misery, you know, <laughs> challenges that come up. And I feel like it's made me a much better human being owning a business and it's matured me, you know, in some ways when it's been very challenging, I think it's aged me, you know? <laughs> but you know, it's, it's kind of the gamut, but I think it's really grown me up into a much better human being and also being around animals too, for as long as I was when I had my business, I think really helped 
strengthen my intuition. Animals are very intuitive and instinctual. And so just by being around them a lot, I think we can get that from osmosis. And there's just so many gifts that can come. So, you know, going back to what you said earlier about, you know, what if people are feeling like maybe it's below them? You didn't say that, but I think that's what you were alluding to. If they feel that and they feel it for a long period of time, that's not a good fit for them because they carry that into their business. And I also feel that uh, people or we are trained by society to give all this value to all these degrees that we get into university and devalue everything else. And I give you an example. I, I have a, a couple of friends. The wife, she has this big degree. She's a manager in a technology company. And the husband is a plumber. And he gets his hands dirty. And But she spends the whole day working and after work she has, she brings her laptop and continues working answering emails he goes to work at three o'clock he's finished he washes his hands here in, in canada we can smoke pot so he smokes a joint and and that's it and he earns as much as she does uh, and you know she's got these tons of responsibility and he after three o'clock he checks out and he doesn't even have a, a smartphone because he doesn't need to be checking emails every five minutes or so. So we give all this value to to all these degrees and we have created an oversupply of educated people with degrees and there is a, a not enough people to do all kind of work like plumbing, like walking dogs, like painting, whatever. And these are the people that in my belief right now, they are killing it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what you said, too, about, I think, quality of life, not only is he making an equal living in terms of financial situation to his wife, he's also got a much healthier quality of life in terms of work-life balance, right? He's not having to check his computer all the time, his email. And, you know, that is the thing, though, that a lot of people think about when they think about walking dogs or pet sitting. They think, oh, it's so much fun. And it is. But it's a lot of work sometimes dealing with the humans that own the animals or that are caretakers of the animals. It's also, you know, there can be a lot of computer work because you're returning emails, you're scheduling. So it's important when you own a business, no matter what kind of business it is, to set office hours and really keep it. Like even if you're an entrepreneur when you can work any time of day or night, I think it's important to look at, you know, how many hours a day am I working? And when am I turning it off? Your plumber friend knows how to do that. And, you know, he uses pot as maybe a way to kind of shut the door on his work. You know, we all have our different ways, right? For some, it may be putting the computer and the smartphone in a drawer or in the closet so that they are then free, especially if they work from home, to be able to really feel free in their house. Like where it's, it's almost like if you are taking care of a bird or you have a bird, what you do at night is you put a blanket over their cage and that signifies it's time to go to bed, bird. And then when that blanket comes off, it's time to wake up, bird. 
Same thing with the computer. You know, we can, if you have a desktop computer, you can put a blanket over it like you would a birdcage, you know. Right. And it's helpful not to be able to, you, when you're not seeing it all the time, too. It's like out of sight, out of mind. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That analogy of the bird is so funny because I used to have a parrot and if I didn't put a blanket over his cage uh-huh. at four o'clock in the morning, he would start uh, screaming and wake up all my neighbors. So that was, oh, that was so funny. Yeah, they're very loud. So let me ask you, uh, okay, um, the article caught my eye, uh, especially about the money figure. How do you, let's say someone wants to start a business right here in my neighborhood after listening to this podcast, how would a person who go around starting a business and how is the money? I mean, I believe it. I can believe that you can earn a lot of money, but can you just give us uh, an idea of how would it work? Sure. So I really recommend that the first step is, you know, you can get a business license, but before you do that, you need to know what your name is. So my, when I'm working with somebody who's considering it, my first step with them is usually to look at what do you want to name your business? Because that sets the stage for everything. You can't get a business license without a name, you know? So looking at the name and also being willing to have a name that isn't going to limit you. So if you, you live in Montreal, so if somebody calls their business Montreal dog walking they're going to limit themselves to just Montreal. It might be that they want to cover all of Canada. Who knows? You know, eventually. Not right away, of course. But we never know how big our businesses are going to get. And so it's important to really look at that. In the same way, if you name your business after your name, let's say your name is Joe, you know, 
Joe's dog walking, you're going to have a hard time hiring people or convincing your clients that, you know, they want to go with somebody other than you because the business is named after you. So that's a real big first step that a lot of people don't think about. They try to dive into the website first, but really I say get your name and then get a logo, create a logo. And then from there, you can create the website. You can get a business license. You know, you can begin exploring different ways of marketing, but you want to have all your marketing materials before you begin marketing. What some people might want to do if they're not sure if they actually want to start a business from it is just sending an email out to your friends and family who live in your area and say, I want to explore wonky dogs or I want to explore pet sitting. You know, can you please, if, if you have a need for that or if you know someone who does, can you please send them my way? I want to just try it out and see if it's something. Or you can work for somebody to try it out. But if you do that, I really recommend that you say, to the business owner, I may want to start my business at some point. I didn't do that because I didn't know <laughs> that I would want to do that. But as soon as I got clear, I did tell the business owner I was working with, hey, I'd like to start my business. But that can be a good way to dip your toe in it to see if it's something that you would even want to do. Right. Right here in my neighborhood, I see from time to time in the laundry mats uh, a little advertisement from the local dog worker or the supermarket or the convenience stores. I see ads from time to time, people advertising their, their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to do it, too. Just putting up a little flyer, you know, trying it that way. Um, in America, in, in the U.S., we have nextdoor.com. I don't know if you guys have that in Canada, but Nextdoor can be a good place right. to post. And you can even post on your Facebook and say, you know, I'd really like to walk dogs. Do you know anybody? However, you can spread the, the word to, to at least try it out and see. And then once you get a few clients, if you do decide you want to pursue that as a business, then you can let all of your existing clients know, hey, I really want to turn this into a viable business. Can you please refer me? And you can give them, you know, one free walk or something in exchange for that referral. Right. Okay. And what is the money like? Is it per walk? Is it per hour? Is it per day? What's, how does it work? It really varies. I mean, from city to city, from country to country, but you can make, I'm thinking about the U.S. here. So you can make, It really varies wildly. I'm just going to share that. So in some places, you know, you can make $15 a walk up to $45 a walk for two dogs. New York City would be, you know, $40 or $45 for two dogs from the same house. You know, that's probably what you're looking at. Um, but it, often the rates have that you can charge have to do with the cost of living in that particular city. So if you're wondering what to charge, I really recommend looking online and creating a spreadsheet. All your competitors or your future competitors, if you decide to do it, and looking at what they're charging, maybe even getting as many as 10 different companies 
prices for pet sitting, for dog walking, for the different time amounts, 30 minutes, 45 minute walk, each additional dog amount, you know, and then from there, you'll be able to get a sense. Some will be very low, some will be very high, but you can look at kind of the high middle. Let's say the low is 15 that people are charging and the high is 20. Then you can, you know, if you're first starting out, you can charge 18. And then after you have a lot of clients, you can raise it up. But I don't recommend being the highest priced person in your area if you're just starting out. It'll be harder, much harder to get clients. And now my next question is, so you have this business, it's running fine, and then you decided to sell it. How did that happen or why? So to answer that question, I have to back up actually a little bit to a point a few years prior to that where I was at that same point of wanting to sell it, but it was for a very different reason. So the first time I, I got to the point of wanting to sell my business was maybe six years in. And what was happening is I was working so much. I was working seven days a week, sometimes 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day. I was exhausted. I had been doing that for about a year and a half, two years. I did not have a life. I was really crabby a lot of the time, didn't have a quality of life at all. And so I couldn't really see a way out. I had already hired a number of people to work for me and with me. And that wasn't the answer. And I wasn't quite sure what was, but I knew that I needed to change things. And so I decided, I just decided, and I didn't know what I would be doing exactly, but I decided to give myself a year to make some dramatic changes in the way I ran my business. And if I didn't make those changes and if I didn't make more money and have more time, then I would walk away from it or I would sell it. And so I began to get really creative about the, the changes that I made. One of the first changes that I made was actually in terms of my mind and really looking at the belief that I had that being a business owner meant that I had to work really hard and that I had to be exhausted all the time. You know, when I looked around at all the other business owners that I saw, I saw that they were all working hard and they either had time or money and not both. And I really wanted to create a life that, and a business that gave me both. So I really started with my mindset and really looking at you know, my belief of making money is hard and needing to turn that around and really look at, you know, is it possible that perhaps making money could be easy? And at first I couldn't see that, but I began to really look at that. And, you know, there were moments in my business where I would get a call for a pet sitter and you know, it would be a $2,000 pet sitting bill. The pet sitter that I hired would get a thousand. My company would get a thousand. And that was in a five minute phone call. That was easy, <laughs> you know, and I wanted more of that. And so I began to actively market for more clients who traveled for extended periods of time so that I could experience that easy money, you know, experience. I also hired a manager to help me manage because I realized that the majority of my time was going to answering emails and phone 
And I was tired. I was tired of talking to clients on the phone seven days a week, 14 hours a day. You know, anyone would be, right? So I ended up hiring a wonderful manager who was a dog walker with my company, and she began helping me manage. And so within a year, and I made a bunch of other changes. I raised my rates. You know, I hadn't raised them in a in a few years, because I'd been concerned that maybe clients would leave me, but I was going to be the one leaving if I didn't raise my rates. So I decided to do that. And I did lose a couple clients, but mostly clients were fine with my rate increase. And so by the end of that year, I went from working seven days a week to working three days a week. And I doubled the amount of money that I had made in that one year. It was incredible. So that was the first experience. And then I had a number of years of working three days a week, which is great. But when I did decide to sell it the second time, I was actually working two days a week in the business. And I just felt like I had had it for 18 years. And it just felt like it was time. I needed and wanted to free my energy to help more pet business owners, you know, to really have more time and energy and for helping people and for writing books. I've written five books, you know, and, and I do webinars and there's a number of creative projects that I do. And that was really where my heart was after 18 years. And I knew that I really needed and wanted to do that. And so I, but it wasn't without sadness, you know, my business had been with me for 18 years. That's a long time. It was only almost half my life at that point, you know? So it was really a lot to decide to sell it. But when I made that decision, when I finally made that decision, it was really the right choice. And it, it definitely freed me up to do, you know, even more of what I love. And it was the right time. But had I sold my business, you know, in year six, that would have been because I couldn't solve the problem. You know, my business was running me, not me running my business. I, I stumbled upon that problem. I used to have a dance school for many years, and I got to the point where I couldn't manage it anymore or I didn't have a life. And I was not as wise as you, and I walked out. One day I said, uh, I just, I just, I just need to be able to have a cup of coffee every now and then, visit my family every now and then, and I just don't have a life. I wasn't able to do what you did. I just stopped advertising, and he died within a year, and that's it. Yeah, it's amazing how when we don't put energy into something, it's like building a fire, right? If you're building a fire in the fireplace, if you don't attend to it it does die eventually. And a business is like that too. It's a living entity and it does require energy, but we can put the energy in ways that will give us more energy, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't know you, Demas. <laughs> I could have hired you <laughs> as a coach and maybe you you will have helped me to get out of that con uh, that problem. Yeah, well, hopefully going forward, whatever you choose to do, you'll be able to do it in a new way. 
Yeah, thank you. Okay, so finally you let go and now you have many other things. As you mentioned, you have written many books. You have this uh, new business, uh, the Six Figure Pet Business Academy, and you also have a podcast. Can you just sure. put us up to date with what you have yeah. been doing since then? Sure. So actually, just to back up again a little bit. So I've been coaching pet business owners since the year 2000. I started coaching five years after I started my business. I had people approaching me saying, can you help me start a business? So I have been now at this point, it's almost 2020. I've been coaching pet business owners for 20 years. It's amazing when I think about that. And I started Six Figure Pet Business Academy and Six Figure Pet Sitting Academy about 10 years ago. So I've had those businesses for a number of years as well. About four years ago, I started a podcast called Prosperous Pet Business. And so that is on iTunes and Spotify and you know wherever you get your podcasts. So that's there. And then I've also written some books. I've written five books and I'm working on my sixth book. And this newest book is for all kinds of business owners, not just pet business owners. And um, it's going to be coming out in probably the fall of 2020 is the plan. So hopefully... Hopefully that'll happen. <laughs> Hopefully I will interview you right before you release it and we can talk about it. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, so uh, can you tell us uh, your podcast, I guess, for those aspiring dog walkers, I guess they could listen to it and, and get some tips on, on the trail, on how it's do done and the kind of circumstances that people will run into and how to solve them? Exactly. And some of the episodes that I have on my podcast are actual coaching sessions with pet business owners who have agreed to be coached on the podcast. So they're aware that I'm recording it. They've agreed to that and they've kindly and, you know, very generously offered their session to be heard so that other people can really hear you know, how they might be able to solve the challenges that these particular coaching clients are experiencing. So I'm very grateful to the coaching clients who've agreed to do that. So the last, I would say, seven episodes have actual coaching sessions. But yeah, I have about 55 episodes so far. And I'll be putting out a lot more in the coming year here. This is so great, because honestly, I have recommended to two or three people in the past to start a dog working business. My friend Benjamin, who is the dog worker uh, almost across the street from me, I see him so happily walking his three or four dogs. You know, he does it for a lifestyle. He's not trying to increase his business, but I see so much opportunity in this neighborhood and in other ones. And I do get people who say, what do I do? I hate my job. And, and I have suggested this as an alternative more than once. And now I can point them out to a resource so it's just not me throwing an idea in the air is i would say okay this is an alternative and this is where to get educated or motivated if you decide to go that path yeah and you know i have a lot of free resources including my podcast but on my website on six figure pet sitting academy or six figure pet business academy there's a page called free stuff and if you click on that, you'll be able to see that there are a lot of 
checklists and tips and tool booklets and things like that to get started, you know, without spending anything, you know, that's a resource that I have for those people that are curious about it, that want to find out more and, you know, want to explore it a little bit. So, you know, if anybody's listening and they're, they're curious, they can go to my free stuff page on my site. And, uh, I will put the link on the website on the notes. And, uh, okay. So can you tell us some of the titles of the books that you have written? Sure. So one of them is 30 days to start and grow your pet sitting and dog walking business. Another one is six figure pet sitting. And then I also have six figure pet business, which is for pet groomers, dog trainers, and dog daycare owners. And then I have the book prosperous pet business, which is interviews with various business experts. So that was me interviewing business experts and creating a book from those interviews And then the most recent book that I wrote is the Hiring Handbook for Pet Sitters and Dog Walkers. It's for people that want to hire. This is great. Okay, one last question in regard to, uh, to uh, taking care of pets. What's the difference between cats and dogs as far as business? <laughs> as far as business? Yes, of course. I mean, we all know the physical difference of them. But yeah, if, uh, if a person had to decide whether to uh, sit a cat or a dog. Well, Well, I would say if they if they prefer to not move too much <laughs> um, in terms of having to walk and, you know, walk in all kinds of weather, they might want to consider just being a cat sitter, you know, because they can just be in the house with cats and play with them in the house and can be a little less wearing on the body. But if you love physical exercise, uh, I felt like gosh, I can't believe I get paid to walk dogs. You know, that was my feeling. It's like, wow, I get paid to exercise and be with these amazing animals. You know, what a gift. So that was my version of heaven, you know? Yeah, well, you know, uh, we humans, we are made, our bodies are made to walk. Our body yes. was designed 10, 100,000 years ago for this purpose, to walk. And people don't use it for this purpose. Yeah. People sit in front of their TV on their couch drinking beer and they don't utilize their body the way it was yeah. made to be utilized. So you must be in great shape. Well, I don't walk dogs anymore, but I do work out. It's part of my daily practice. You know, I, I go to a gym called Orange Theory. I don't know if you guys have that in Montreal, but it's an hour long kind of group fitness. Um, and I do that four or five times a week. And it's it's great. And I love walking too. I love hiking. But that's, you know, the, the working out is the main thing that I do now that I'm no longer walking dogs. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I, I have no more questions for you. Is there anything that I maybe neglected to ask you? No, I've really enjoyed this this interview with you. You are really a good question asker. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. You are a wonderful person to talk with. And, and this topic is being on my mind out of curiosity. Mm, I wonder what do they do or how do they make it or what's the inside the curtain? Mm -hmm. How does it look like? So you just, like uh, they say, you open the kimono for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you reached out. I really appreciated you reaching out after you read that article. And I know I couldn't fit you in right away. I was getting 
inundated with interview requests. So I'm glad that you were patient. And I'm so happy that we had this conversation today. Thank you, Christine, for coming over to the podcast. You are an inspiration. There are so many people who are not completely satisfied with their 9 to 5 lifestyle. And you are a testament that there are other alternatives. We don't have to submit to the to the men and follow the 9 to 5 lifestyle. We can do other things. Of course, you show us by example that you just don't jump into it. You just... Little by little, start your side gig and then until it grows big enough to sustain you. And you are an example that it is possible. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed that podcast interview. Again, I'm going to have a link to Alan's podcast in the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 70. That's the number 70. Again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 70. If you want to check out his podcast, I will have a link to it in the show notes. And I also want to ask a favor of you, if you're willing, and that is that if you have a moment, which a lot of us do these days, some of us and a lot of us have some extra time, if you would be willing to write a short review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, I would really appreciate it. I want to thank those of you that have taken the time in the past few weeks to write a review. I want you to know it has not gone unnoticed. I see it, and I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. So I've had a few of you say, how do I write a review on iTunes? It seems complicated. So I get that it might seem complicated. A lot of people experience that. So if you're feeling that you're not alone, here's how you can do it in a really easy way. Even if you're subscribed to this podcast, what I want you to do if you want to write a review on iTunes, which I would greatly appreciate, is to search for it in the search bar. So you'll see that magnifying glass, you know, icon in the podcast app on iTunes and you'll search for Prosperous Pet Business and you'll do that even if you subscribe and have it in your feed. You want to actually search for it. It'll pop up. You click on it and then you scroll down and you'll see write a review. You want to click on that and then you can enter the stars and then write a short review. And if you would just take a moment today to do that, oh my God, I would be so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has done that and to those of you who will do it <laughs> after listening to this, especially if you've been enjoying the podcast for a while, it would really mean a lot to me. It's a way that I know that that you're listening and it's just real helpful for me and it also helps people who are in need to find the podcast. So it's a uh, double win and it helps on a lot of levels. I hope you have a beautiful day today. I am looking forward to connecting with you next time on the podcast. And again, feel free to go to the show notes to find out more about Alon's podcast and some other goodies that I have on there, including a link to my Instagram. If we're not connected on Instagram, I would love to connect with you there. 
So you will find a link to my Instagram as well as some free tips and tools booklets for pet business owners. So check those out on the show notes, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 70. Have a beautiful day. I'll see you later. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.